Sirius XM Sports presents At the Races with Steve Bick. Horse racing, handicapping, interviews. This is At the Races with Steve Bick. A very good Thursday, race fans. Sirius 162, XM 207, Sports Zone 999, if you're listening that way. And at our website, stevebick.com, I, I've, I don't know where to start. I, I've got so much going on and, and some recapping and uh, some looking forward. Uh, there's some action we uh, haven't even mentioned really yet that's sunday at sunland yeah sunland derby and sunland oaks on sunday in addition to the big action uh at fairgrounds so uh there there's yeah there's a lot going on uh we got hk we got hang kong to deal with i got some recapping i want to do from yesterday which was it's funny uh, midweek and one of the reasons you know we've been having fun with these uh, these midweek conversations with Caitlin Free and and with Seth, because the, the racing's good at the start of the week with Turfway and Tampa and and Gulfstream too. Uh, nice day for nice day for uh, Chad Brown. Uh, anybody that was worried in January <laughs> about Chad's slow start, uh, you can I think you can pack that away. Uh, yeah, a couple of a couple of nice maidens, and good job by uh, Seth with those stats. Uh, with Kingman, yeah, uh, Chad uh, augmenting those gaudy numbers. Uh, that was with going concern. If you didn't see that ride, by the way, Antonio Gallardo uh, had to. Yeah, there was some daring do involved. <laughs> uh, the debuting four-year-old had to bob and weave uh, and get through on the inside the head-on yeah the head-on was fun there and and also at Gulfstream right the the there was that uh, the one the one race that I brought up with with uh, Seth uh, at Gulfstream Chad won two in there expatriate a Cairo Prince bred by Papa Top uh, this one for Steve Lehman. It, maybe Steve Lehman's got another nice filly. Amazing. Lehman, just good night, Olive. You say good night to good night, Olive. And here comes Expatriate. Good job, Steve. Team Hanley involved again. You're from the people that brought you good, good night, Olive. <laughs> Pay for this one. Uh, had to had to beat uh the paid 150,000 as a Keeneland yearling uh, expatriate, a winner by a neck over positive carry, um, who is uh, Michael Dubb and Seth, uh, not Seth, Michael Dubb and uh, uh, Madiket, uh, Saul Cuman and partners, Mike Kisber, and Bill Rucker, uh, now 0 for 4 and clearly has talent and will graduate but uh, has been uh, has been running into some nice ones so 
Positive carry has to wait. That horse that I thought might have a little bit of a look actually took some money. Uh, well, actually ended up at five. No, nah, ended up at five to one. The same five to one morning line. Candy Landy ran okay, ran evenly. Uh, was able to stay on actually because uh, the horse that set the pace faded away. Uh, but Candy Landy could not withstand uh, the two chads, the two pair of chads. But that horse is okay too. Uh, Candy Land. This this looks like a productive race. Uh, the expatriate. Uh, it looks like uh, that's uh, some nice horses at the top of that chart. Anyway, the the racing was fun, and at Tampa, poor Seth. It, it, he he keeps he keeps uh, putting together three winners in these pick fours, and a horse just keeps jumping up. And in this case, it was in that first leg, Skipperini. For Dwight Puckett in the Union Gap, uh, what? How about this? Twenty-one to one, longest shot on the board, and, and wired the field. It, it, you know, pace makes the race. Have you ever heard that? I've heard that somewhere. Uh, <laughs> big mutuals too, uh, because the uh, even money favorite off the board. So uh, forty-three eighty, twenty-one dollars to place. Yeah. Dwight Puckett uh, for owner Robert Jacobs. A black stash. Wow. A black stash. Gelding. Interesting. Got to find a little backstory on this one. Our friend Peter, uh, actually, our friend Pe- uh, Peter uh, Wasiluk uh, trained this horse for a while. And uh, Puckett now has had uh, has had him since the fall, and uh, has now won two in a row. I mean, eight eight claimers, uh, but uh, still. So that started the sequence in the pick four, and then Seth runs the table, of course, uh, including that uh, going concern, the Kingman, uh, eighty-one buyer there. I, lo- I just looked that up. So uh, that was the Tampa action, uh, and the other the other spots. Lady Azteca uh, for Amador Sanchez and Gelfenstein, homebred of theirs. And uh, how about, uh, and I give Jason, Jason Beam was right on top of it. Cupid's dude. Yeah, on Valentine's, yeah, of course, on Valentine's Day. <laughs> Paid 1040. You can't make it up. Uh, owner Roger Sterling, who I, you know, ever since the era of, of Mad Men, You'd see Roger Sterling's name on on the uh, buyer, you know, on on the uh, buyer list of of sales. And at first, I thought I thought it was it was a gag, you know, because there are a lot of times people sign names, you know, that are you know that are tongue in cheek. But no, this is a real Roger Sterling. (laughs) Uh, And then came Turfway last night, and that was fun. I was I was uh, I was tied on. Uh, and there were a couple of spots that, uh, that we had, we had some investment in, right? Uh, most notably with, uh, Michael uh, W. McCarthy's Sweet Gala Mine. She came through the one we talked about, uh, for Mrs. Zebarth, the homebred, the dialed in. Yeah. Um, by the way, let me check. I want to make sure that we missed the seven. So let me get, uh. I got to get uh, Dick Powell in here. 
and uh, and in fact, I, I was I was so busy doing a couple different things that I did not uh, watch the seventh. I had it on the screen, and uh, now I'm going back. And uh, let's hope that I put out Dick's uh, late pick three, and let's hope he hit that first leg. And oh yeah, yeah, a forty dollar winner, Lyle Hewitson. Wow. Joy coming. Uh, does not spark joy. Uh, <laughs> in this case, not sparking joy. Um, now that's too bad. All right. Well, um, that's too bad. All right. So we'll we'll regroup. Um, and I'm, and the worst part of this is, well, yeah, the next two, the second and third, uh, Dick had Dick had covered. Uh, multi-darling and lyrical motion, either one. Uh, well, all right. Or actually, no, he did not have multi-darling. So, all right. So we the, swung and missed uh, to get going here. All right, but let me get let me get Dick in here because I've got a million things going on. Um, at Turfway, beside Sweet Gallimine, uh it got us to that that allowance race, and I I wanted to bet. I I absolutely wanted to bet uh, the horse of Michelle Boyce's because I, I it was pretty clear as we discussed with Caitlin, uh, Pure C had an absolute pace advantage in here and looked like lone speed. Sure enough, that's exactly the way it played out. Um, the one thing that did not play out <laughs> the way we would have liked was uh, the horse got bet. Uh, the the fifteen to one was a as a price uh, was a little bit of a wishful thinking, and and I suppose Tim Gurton scratching baby no worries contributed. So the field ended up just being a field of six. So that that's a contributing factor. But we got four to one and paid ten thirty, and actually just hung on. To be honest, was was they were closing in on pure C, but uh, actually. Uh, Julio Felix, uh, I keep calling him Jose Felix. Julio Felix uh, held uh, the midshipman mare together, and the Illinois bred gets Michelle Boyce off the duck. So happy for that. I like Michelle Boyce, and uh, happy to see her uh, get a winner. Uh, some of the rest of the action. How about uh, John Enos? Just there's, there's no stopping. Enos uh, had that first-time starter win early on the card, Frosty Affair. Uh, saw that, and uh, Mick Ruiz, who's got uh, that those all those bolt doros, divinely bolt a winner. Uh, how did you know what the one race? Let me see. What about the fourth? Because uh, there was a horse that uh, oh she got beat a oh my uh, she. Caitlin liked that 10 to 1 shot revenge tour and with the bug with the 7 pound bug and just I got I did not see the fourth live um just uh, got corralled fairly late Corrales and company you keep the mic maker um as the 1 to 2 favorite but uh nice job by Caitlin picking out revenge tour uh as a uh, price key 
And see, here's what's great about it. And I think Dick is with us. Dick, good morning. Oh, no, I thought choice, Stevie. Uh, Happy New Year to you. And uh, I appreciate uh, that. I, and we'll say that same with Rich Ang later. Happy, uh, happy Chinese New Year. Uh, the, um, the longest shot on the board in this race, in this maiden claimer, first choice ends up third at 64 to 1. And, and this is, you know, this is Turfway. You, you get, you know, these kooky horses that, uh, you know, that perform. It's it's what makes it tricky. Now, they don't have to win, um, although you do get your share of, of crazy price winners. Uh, but that one, uh, you know, that, that'll boost up your try if you're, uh, if you're inclined to include some oddball horses. Uh, anyway, it, it was, it was fun. Uh, and, and more and more uh, I've been, I've been watching and, and, uh, you know, playing around a little bit with the action at, uh, at Turfway. It, it's, it's pretty irresistible to be honest. I, I, the multi, the multi-race sequences are, are challenging to say the least. Um, before I talk to Dick, I do want to mention one thing that came up this morning. I I, I texted uh, Caitlin because I was sort of cleaning up, uh, you know, some old sets of uh, results and PPs. A horse I forgot to bring up with with Caitlin yesterday in the in the weekly recap was Tennessee, uh, the three year old for Brad Cox that. Uh, uh, you know, there, there was some notice uh, taken in the allowance try and the assumption that uh, he'll turn around and point for the Jeff Ruby. And he, and, and won nicely and all that. However, um, in, in, in checking those, in recapping Saturday and looking at some of the other, you know, beside the stake, the Valdale, uh, a horse jumped off the page. Bill Morey has got a Cantheros that's now three for four. The name is Shefflin. Uh, career best 94 buyer. Uh, started the career in November. Was obviously late getting to the races, but now has run four times in less than 90 days. And so he's in a nice flow. And I checked with Maury. He's going to debut in the Big Daddy Stakes debut uh, March 9th. Uh, keep an eye on this. This looks like an emerging uh, sprinter. Uh, Shefflin with two Fs. Uh, up, kind of uh, sneaking up on people. Uh, so, FYI, Dick, what do you say? Well, we got knocked out in the first leg, but it's one of those horses I can't use. The two horse carried 134 pounds from post 12. There, day in day out, those are not the horses you want to use. You did get the price. You know, it's forty dollar horse. Why are you? It's a great ride. Uh, the five was our main pick as far as odds go, and he just had a tough trip. Now, Ellis Wong is a young rider. He had a wide-to-wide win earlier in the card, and you're getting 10 pounds with him, a handicap race, and that's huge. So he had a little traffic problems in the stretch, but uh, Joy Cumming was just, you know, as they say, over the top on the outside. But I just, 134 from post-12, that's that's. That's tough. So you get beat sometimes, you move on. I'm moving on to the, the daily double here. 
All right, let's uh, let's get the double in. Was there about seven minutes to? Yes, uh, no, that's sure. yeah. They just left the paddock. So. Okay, so I, I, I... Uh, this is a six furlong event for class three. I like number four, Act of Faith from John Size and Brent Abdullah, who's really riding well lately. So he's been getting it done. Two back, he drew post eleven, no shot. Last time did much better from a better post. And uh, I, I think he can improve off that effort. Uh, five is Prince of Porty from David Hall and Zach Parton. Those are two Australians that have won races in the past. He does that post 10. But then I have Zach Parton. And two starts back, he went one to the lead. So he has enough speed to get out of there. And number eight, Righteous Aaron, is ridden by the other hottest printers, Angus Chung, who's a five-pound rider, and he has a winner on the card tonight. He's riding for his main man, Tony Cruz. So four, five, eight, and race eight. Race nine is really wide open, and it shows by the numbers I picked, 9, 11, 12, which are the low-weight horses. But they all three figure. Nicholas Nicholson returns. Once again, David Hall and Zach Burton. Uh, big late kick, one going away last time. Picks up some weight, actually moves up a class, goes from class four to class three, but he goes from the top of class four to the bottom of class three. So maybe with 121 pounds, we can make some noise. 11, Flamingo, Trion, Francis Law, and Frankie Law, and Derek Lung. Just missed last two starts. And in a handicap race, Steve, good seconds are really noteworthy because you don't pick up any weight. You might pick up a pound. You're not picking up the mandatory five pounds that the winner picks up. So he's right there, gets weighted well in post three. And the other low weight is uh, number 12, Noble Pursuit, cast of pounds, king of uh, Happy Valley, Alexi Bedell. One going away last out and uh, has a win at Happy Valley and a win at shot 10. So versatile developing horse, 9, 11, 12 in the second leg of the daily double. Don't forget, if you run second in the second, in the last leg, of any horizontal bet, they do pay off. All right. Well, we got. Uh, let me go back to the uh, to the feed and uh, minute to uh, post. Uh, there we go. No light yet. Uh, do you want to? Uh, why don't you slip in? Uh, Slip in the uh, the recap from uh, the weekend. Well, here's the, here's the fascinating thing, Steve. Monday was uh, Chinese New Year, big day of shot 10, gigantic crowd, 11 races, uh, one stake race, big fields except for the stake race. They did 222 million U.S. dollars, 1.74 million billion. Hong Kong dollars. So it was just an enormous night of racing as far as betting. Gigantic fields with the exception of the stake race. So it was a lot of fun. I got my rear end kicked. <laughs> I was like salivating over the card. Oh, this is great. Big fields, competitive races. <laughs> Gotta have winners. <laughs> so I'm doing much better today. But uh, Monday was a lot of fun, but no results. And uh, the big star of the night was Kai Ying Rising, who won a Class 3 in a very fast time. He's a young, developing horse. 
Uh, moving up the ladder is only three. Uh, I think uh, David Hayes will just kind of not, not, not push him, you know, just keep him moving up the grades, get ready for next year. As a four-year-old, he should be running for some big money. But uh, Kai Ying rising very fast, has won two of four, and the other two losses were both close. So he was one of the stars of the night. Red Lion won the stake race, and he's interesting. He's five years old. He had 13 starts last year in Hong Kong, and he just kept moving up the grades. He was 77, he gets the 80, the 90, the end of the year. July, he had moved up to 104. This year, he starts out 104, 105, and then he gets in with 125 pounds and was able to beat the heavy favorite Mugen by a, a short margin in very fast time, 121.47. So John Size just handled this horse just perfectly, just keeps winning. Oh, not, not winning, but just keeps racing. He's had a couple of wins, but just keeps running against better horses and carrying his form forward. So that was an interesting horse, good race, two of, two of them battling out through the stretch. And uh, it was a $222 million bet on the 11 race card. Not bad. No, to say the least. No, this is always, it's always a huge and special uh occasion the uh the new year and, and one thing i miss about uh about the change in timing for the nhc is how if you're in vegas right now and i'm sure a lot of people who went to vegas for super bowl uh, you know might not have been aware how chinese new year uh, how festooned the whole the whole town is uh, for Chinese New Year, but it's a, a, every every venue, uh, and especially Win uh, in particular, it is all decorated for for Chinese New Year. It's pretty cool. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, it was a, it was a huge day of racing and. Uh, that they have a phenomenal promotional video from the Jockey Club on it. It's incredible. Well, we're uh, getting close here, and uh, let's. Uh, and here we go. Wider Golden Empire to lead over Active Faith and Mega Bonus charging forward deeper. Prince of Porty coming across. He's racing fourth as they head into the first turn. And Oriental Smoke came next from Nakoni County and Hoss on the rail. Keen paces come out of the race. Righteous Arian Keen followed by Conti Conti ready to win. And Lightning Bolt last. Now Prince of Porty Mega Bonus. They've charged forward now to take over from Golden Empire third now with a trail. And fourth is Active Faith followed by Nakoni County and Hoss over on the inside. Oriental Smoke followed by Ready to Win. Oriental Smoke getting into a bit of bother off the back straight. Righteous Arian's got two behind him. Conti, Conti and Lightning Bolt. Mega bonus coming onto the home turn. 3.50 left to go. Prince of Porty shaking up Golden Empire on the rail. Actor Faith spins out wider. Followed by Nakoni County and then came Hoss ready to win. Righteous Arian. Golden Empire though has made the lead for Hewitson. Shows out Actor Faith coming out and after him. 
Maconie County blasting home out wider as well. But Golden Empire, Golden Empire at 17 to 1 wins. Maconie County second, Righteous Aryan third, uh, Act of Faith third, Righteous Aryan closing off the fourth in between runners, ran into some bother, and then came Mega Bonus ready to win. Oriental Smoke uh, Hoss, Principality found some trouble in the straight as well. Lightning Bolt and Conti Conti. Wow. Uh, Dick, here, here's a big price that just that just kept going. Back back to back winners for Lyle Ewardson and Francis Loy. <clears throat> he didn't get the pressure from Zach from post ten. Uh, Zach had to use the five and uh, the, then then couldn't couldn't maintain the pace and no one else was up there. So Lyle got the horse a little bit of a breather and then he had a ton turning for oh, home. A golden Empire, mm, big price, and uh, you're betting Lyle Hewitson tonight. I guess so. <laughs> having, uh, a, <laughs> having a good night, right? Uh, so the um, just going back to uh, let me see. Want to go back to? Boy, I having trouble with the. Uh, my mouse pad has, uh, the, I can't figure out how to fix it. The last two days, any, just the lightest touch it makes it, makes it jump. It's driving me crazy. Uh, <laughs> I, and I, I, I did some, after the show yesterday, I did some poking around on the, uh, on the internet, trying to figure it out and I didn't get any help. So uh, 4130. In that seventh, with Joy coming, this is going to be a thirty-six, seven, eight-dollar horse. Uh, and it, no matter what happens, I would think in the nightcap, uh, it, 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 you're looking at uh, giant balloons in here. And, and I thought the nightcap was a really wide open race. So. Well, you're not going to have to worry about Ewitson here because he's not—he doesn't have a mount. So uh, there's, <laughs> you can look elsewhere. Where, where's? Let me see. Are is uh, are any of our other of our uh, favorites? No, no. Maybe uh, Alexi Bedell's got on an eleven to one shot. So uh, we'll see. All right. Uh, well, can't all you know? Can't can't. Can't uh, hit triple sevens uh, every week. And look at this. Look at look at Ewitson uh, uh, bringing the horse back and and high fiving with the uh, with the fans in that enclosure. Yeah, a couple of the riders do that. They uh, <clears throat> they turn the horse around and come back and come back close enough to the outer rail to dap up the fans. <laughs> Very nice. Three two four eight yeah. is the. Uh, is uh, the the order of finish here? Uh, three, two, four, eight, and uh, even the yeah, even the regular, even the other mutuals. This is a seventeen to one over eight to one over five to one. So this is going to be uh, this is going to be juicy. Okay, let's uh, Dick. Let's before we talk uh, the rip from today's headlines uh, conversation. Uh, look ahead to the weekend. Well, we're back on schedule. We have the normal Sunday shot 10, uh, next Wednesday, Happy Valley. So we'll get back on there. Um, kind of a breather this weekend in terms of no stake race 
at Sha Tin. I think I think they have a, a sponsored race, fourteen hundred meters. But the following week is the big Hong Kong handicap, and then the and then the second leg. The week after is the second leg of the four-year-old series. So big races coming up. Russian Emperor is in action this weekend in Qatar for the race he won last year, the 2.5 million group one over there. So he's back with Doug White, who had a winner tonight, but he's not there. Doug White's in Qatar getting uh, that son of Galileo ready. <clears throat> so he'll be um, he'll be interesting because these horses, you know, we've seen Romantic Warrior go down Australia win the Cox Plate. And uh, Russian Emperor won the Qatar race group one last year. He's trying to do it again. This year, so kind of a quiet week. But the, the best thing for me, Steve, is the quiet weeks are all handicap races with the gigantic fields. And based on Monday entries, I mean, they had 14 horses and two uh, reserves in all these Class Four races. And Class Four is where new horses get started. So that tells me the next month or so we're going to see a lot of good young developing horses, and those are kind of the the fun ones to watch uh, as they develop, which ones get better. One horse I was completely wrong about was Dream Winner. He won his first three starts by margins. They rated him 12 points high at each race, and you can't find him right now. <laughs> He's been beating his last four starts and hasn't even raised a ruckus or anything. So he looked like he was going to be the next big thing. So far, no. But then others just appear and improve. And, and But then you get these horses like a Red Lion, 13 starts last year and still six starts this year. And that's killing it, winning stake races and things like that. So uh, one one great thing with Hong Kong, as I've talked a few times, is all the therapeutic measures that are available at, at Shantan, at Changpa, um, Horses that are stable there just have the advantage of swimming and treadmills or aquatic treadmills and things like that. Some of the, you know, these horses prosper because they're back in the box two, three weeks after their race. Now, that's one of the things that, uh, you know, people that, that, that get, you know, they get signed into uh, this action. It's one of the things that you, you, you start to, you start to like, and you know, one of the things that over the years, Dick, that in our conversations, and and it, not just limited to uh, to HKJC, but you you like horses that run regularly, and and you know, kind of the the old school, uh, you know, <laughs> Ainsley Ainsley guide to handicapping uh, <laughs> methods. That uh, you, you know, that come with horses running every you know three weeks, uh, old school. Yeah, and 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 handicap racing like this, you're you're not allowed to drop. You can't go from class three down to class four. So you're you're in your class, you're in your weight. Your weight's determined by the rating that the track handicapper office has given you. So then within then it's post position, it's all sorts of other factors. And um, like tonight, speed's done well tonight. Well, uh, that hasn't been the case most of the winter. But we've seen it dominate mo many of the races this evening. So 
the good news is if you don't get your circumstances, let's say you draw a post 11 or 12, well, you can, you can be back in three weeks. No big deal. So it's, it, it, and it gives you a familiarity with horses and, you know, just as a, as a handicap. And for some reason, I don't know why, but I, I just do much better at Happy Valley than Shot 10. I don't know what it is about Shot 10. But I just, don't seem to do well there, but Happy Valley is very good. So, well, uh, everybody, everybody, you know, latches on to uh, you know to certain circuits and you know the the, the certain familiar. You know, it, it, I don't know if it's all familiarity as much as it is a certain confidence. You know, you get down on yourself about a, a about. I can't win there, uh, and, and so you, you you almost talk yourself into uh, uh, you know talk yourself into a coma. Yes, uh, I my reaction is results driven, so it's not like I want to bet this track and I don't want to bet the other track. It's just I bet both tracks, and the results are that Happy Valley does much better than Chaten. And you would think it wouldn't be that way because Shaten is the wider, longer stretch, easier turns, one-turn configurations for most of the races. So traffic might not be as big an issue as it might be at Happy Valley. And yet, uh, I don't know. I just, I just seem to pick them better at Happy Valley. Maybe maybe it's getting up in the morning, you know, getting, uh, getting tied out early. I don't know. I tell you what, betting late night does not work for me. <laughs> if I wake up at three in the morning and <clears throat> turn my iPad on to watch some races, that that uh, that doesn't work out. <laughs> I wish they had like, you know, with the sports betting, you could have different things like don't let me bet more than so much. Or, right, <laughs> the conditional, yeah. Don't, don't let me bet after two o'clock in the morning. That's pretty. That's pretty good. Can't do it. That's pretty good. Uh, let me uh, let me get to some impressions. Uh, what uh, did you get a chance to listen to uh, Stuart Chaney and Nick Luck? No, I <clears throat> no, I've I've gone back and listened to Tom last Thursday, and then I listened to Mike from Queens on Friday. <laughs> so you're playing catch up. Uh, All right. Yes, I am. So what what day was? Because I went through the broadcast archives and I didn't see. Well, no, this is Nick Luck uh, is doing a monthly. Okay. Nick's doing a monthly uh, interview, uh, a U.S. Uh, and he started. Rapoli was his first in January, and uh, that that I heard. Yeah, uh, yeah and now uh, he he did a, he did an hour and fifteen minutes with uh, with Stuart Janney. Okay. Uh, I think he's doing. I think what he tell me, and I saw him in uh, Gulfstream. I think he's. I think he's doing something. He's doing something maybe with with Rick Arthur, or with, there's a he's going to do something uh, along those lines. Uh, maybe 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 Doctor Scalay, uh, something in, in that of that realm. I think next month. But um, well, I'll reserve. I, I, your your perspective uh, would be uh, would be valuable. So I'll uh, I'll let you catch up. Uh, 
separately. I mean, it, it, it these discussions, it, it, there's all these tangential uh, elements involved, but uh, overall, you know, it has to do with vision uh, of, of the game and, and direction uh, to take and, you know, and finding that common ground. Um, but, but what's most interesting is, is, is just listening and hearing how, you know, how the past and, and how the current conditions, how they get interpreted by these various, uh, personalities that, uh, you know, are heavily invested in the game. Uh, it, it, it's fascinating, actually. Um, and uh, it, it, to me, it, I, I, tried to, I tried to frame some thoughts of, around it yesterday morning. It, it's very similar to the way we handicap, too. Uh, everybody sees races from a different perspective. And whatever their perspective might be, it isn't necessarily wrong. Uh, and, and the answer you can come up with uh, could be, you know, could be a, a perfect interpretation, and it might play out exactly the way you see it. Or, uh, you know, more often than not, uh, it doesn't entirely uh, end up fitting, you know, the narrative as it's played out on the racetrack. So it it. It, to me, it's a it's a very it, it's a the same template is at work in in discussions like this uh, off the track uh, about industry you know, the industry challenges uh, as you know the way we all handicap races. All right. <clears throat> one one thing <clears throat> I differ with just about everybody is I, I look at the game and look at demographics and when other people, most people look at the game and demographics, all they see is, well, you need young people. You know, you just need these, these middle-aged uh, baby boomers like me. They're all going to die and they're not going to be replaced. But the reality of horse racing has always been, and then I give myself as an example. I used to go to Aqueduct every day, and to get from Staten Island Aqueduct, not easy. Uh, one bus, uh, one subway, another subway. So I would be going out there, and they had special buses occasionally from Staten Island to Aqueduct, Staten Island to Belmont, especially. I'd be the youngest person on the bus. I'm in my early 20s. This is one on the 50. And this is when there were 28 people a day at Aqua. But this is at the glory days when racing on track could not have been doing better. And yet you didn't have young people at the track. So this was an avenue for people that had some discretionary income and some discretionary leisure time. And Young people are great on Saturdays, maybe, but you're not going to have our business model succeed if you're going to focus all your attention, marketing, advertising, trying to get young people 
to the track. You have to have the average fan and make sure that fan stays with the game and you give them every possible reason to stay with the game. So when NTRA first started up, one of my biggest complaints, well, I had a bunch of complaints, but with the Go Baby Go was, number one, you're showing racing. I don't see those people at the track. They're, they're, you know, they're, their crowd shots were, were bullshit. They, they, didn't, they didn't have black people. They didn't have Hispanic people. They're, 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 they're telling you who they want, but they're not recognizing who they have. So they did that. They kind of went for the highest fruit instead of the low hanging. So I think if you studied it, I think you could come up with the theory that we're spending too much time and attention on the highest fruit on the tree and nowhere near enough on the low hanging fruit. The low hanging fruit gets taken for granted, which that advertising campaign certainly took their existing fans for granted. And I was against it then. Still, not that it's involved anymore, but I always thought that was just the, the wrong path, the wrong avenue, and it really didn't accomplish much. So when I hear people say you've got to get young people to the track, yes, that would be nice, but you still have to have the older demographic because they will be your fans because they have time and they have some money and stuff like that. It would be nice if racing had the, you know, the cachet of sports betting and all this stuff. It may or may not ever have that. It used to have it when it was a monopoly. But you know, I just, I, I look at it, uh, you know, there's 100 people look at it, and, I, and I'm the one that looks at it this way. So it kind of reinforces what you were just saying. You know, it's a, you're looking at a vision, and we look at a race, we see different things. I look at the business, and I see different things. And I and I and I've I've made that same point, and I I use my own experience as a, you know, as a example. Uh, and I was interested and and intrigued by the game, and uh, started to you know go to big events. Then you know in my twenties, uh, and, and you know, started to take an interest in playing. Uh, when I moved to Brielle. Uh, New Jersey had a chance to start, you know, going to Monmouth, you know, multiple days a week. That's the first time I was, you know, really physically uh, close to a, a racetrack. So now I'm in, you know, now I'm getting toward my 30s. Uh, and then moving to Montreal and, and coming to Saratoga, you know, at, at least three or four weekends a summer. Uh, it, expendable income starts to grow. I started my own business in in my 30s and you know, and so forth. I mean, it, it, that equation is, is consistent. And, and I've, I've, I've said before, if, if you do any, any reading, any research, uh, about the historic, you know, the historic, uh, you know, topics, uh, affecting the game, one, <laughs> one remarkable, uh, consistency is, I mean, every era decrying the future because of an aging fan base and, and you know, and, and uh, 
you know, the, oh, the, the, the graying of the horse fan. And I'm talking about turn of the century, the, the, the previous century. I mean, they were complaining about this in the 20s and the 30s and the 40s and the 50s because this equation doesn't change. I mean, who, you know, the game was being played, it still is played in the afternoons. Uh, a lot of times, you know, one of the reasons we've got such a heavy schedule uh, on weekends is, is because, you know, that's when people have leisure time. And, it, it, it you know, the old the old school, uh, you know, who who's going to the racetrack Monday through Friday at two o'clock in the afternoon? I mean, the summer, the summer, you get a little bit because of uh, vacationers. It's a little bit of a different uh, scenario. But I mean, who who did who did anybody who does anybody think has got leisure time to uh, you know, that isn't working to go to the racetrack midweek? So it it there, this this whole topic the 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 template for the making of a horse player has not changed. It, 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 leisure time and expendable income is the equation. So it's a question of generating interest and, and finding the kind of people who like puzzle solving. You know, we've talked about this nonstop. I mean, we, we marketing the game uh, as a, you know, the intelligent gambler's choice that that's how we, and, and people that love uh, problem solving equations. Uh, that's, that's our target. Well, and, and, <clears throat> Demographically, we missed a big opportunity because the baby boomer generation was huge. So we had, you know, increases in population. And then after World War II, we had a huge increase. And those people are mature now. And we kind of went right by them with the go baby go mentality of, of trying to go younger and stuff like that. So I, I think that was just, that was a mistake. So now, United States population growing pretty good. It ain't white guys like me. So that that who are you marketing to? You keep marketing to the to the same group. You're just you're doomed. You have to market to the people that, that are here and are growing and are showing up, all that. Yeah. And I, I don't think I don't think we especially. Uh, is it Park Avenue, Madison Avenue, that the, the evil empire resides? <laughs> I had to slip that in. You know, I don't think they're. I, I don't think they're aware. Like you, you go to, you go to. You know, Belmont used to be a good example. Saratoga's less so. When you go in a trustees' room or something, what do you see? You don't see America. You see, you know, the ruling class. You're not seeing who your customers are. And yet many of those people, that's all they see. They go to the track, they get preferred parking, they walk in, they go get the table, a box, whatever it is. And that's, that's their experience of racing. That's great, but it's going to fail. And, and I think that where we as an industry have just let so many opportunities go by and just, so the new guy who's, pushing back or just just pushing no matter what you think or uh, whatever your opinion is 
it's absolutely necessary to have a major pushback to the way things are. Because the way things are, this only working in certain circumstances. But these people go to Saratoga, they go to Delm, oh, this is great, I was up there, what a what a great time. This well, you're not seeing, you know, everyday racing, weekday racing, stuff like you know, just yeah, you're picking off the, the peaks. You're not looking at valleys or anything else like that. So just, uh, I will pick up on that discussion. I enjoyed uh, you and Tom very, very professionally talking about an issue that, you know, not good. Now, can, can I ask you a specific question? Yeah, of course. On Eclipse Awards, was the... <clears throat> What what came was the pressure from the jockey club or was the pressure from the NTRA to abandon the previous handshake agreement? It it, uh, it, it it's sort of a that's sort of a synonymous uh, equation. Um, I mean, it, it from you know from what. Uh, and you know Tom better suited uh, to this because he was the, you know he he was the uh, conduit. Um, and as you know, in fairness, um, Jim Gagliano is going to join me Tuesday. I don't know. I don't know if Jim wants to. You know, if this is something he's interested in in talking about. But uh, we've got we got we've got quite a bit of other. Uh, other issues. Uh, I mean, the, when it came to when it came to the actual uh, vote, there were five uh, yeses and one abstention, and and so uh, there there was never there there really was not uh, a line in the sand of you know a, a no, which which had derailed uh, nominations suggestions uh, in the past. So it. it and and then I think there was some confusion over that, but um, there 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 was yeah you know, there was an urgency and a, and a, a sort of an imperative uh, that uh, you know, came came forward that exerted uh, itself. So uh, you know the the I mean obviously. I mean, it, it, it feels like it was the parties that the you know the the, the obvious parties involved uh, wanted to see that see this happen, and it did. So it it and and I think the confusion any confusion there was uh, was subsequently uh, discussed and and cleared up, which is good. Because some of the things that uh, the, you know, some of the potential uh, uh, pressures of this, uh, had the had the you know had the opportunity to you know kind of derail things uh, as as we you know as we know them, and nobody want nobody really wants that or wanted that. So I I, uh, I think everybody was able to you know find themselves on the same page ultimately here 
Well, I just love, uh, <clears throat> I just love the, we all got to work together. <laughs> and how are we going to do that? Or are you going to do it my way? <laughs> well, and, and that's and that and that's what Pretty I'm saying. That's, yeah, well, that's, that that's kind of what I'm, I'm, you know, I'm hinting at when I say that uh, you know everybody, you know, everybody looks at these uh, at these topics uh, and these challenges with their own, you know, through their own prism, essentially. And my, I. When, when, when NTRA started, <clears throat> it was announced and hadn't even begun. <clears throat> Someone in the industry called me, very reputable, very successful, said, Dick, what do you think? And I said, would you go back to a doctor that just committed malpractice on you? He's like, huh? I'm like, how can the people that have screwed up racing I mean, they they gotta step aside. Well, it's funny you frame it that way. Uh, I mean, that has been the complaints from what would and, and Sid actually uh, touched on this yesterday. The complaints of what you could term the next generation of, of leadership. Uh, that's, that's been their complaint uh, was that, you know, the, that the, the, you know, the existing uh, leadership as we know it uh, and that, you know, that they've been at the, the helm for an extended period. I, I know Mike Rapoli makes this, uh, is, has been making this, you know, kind of a central uh, part of his, uh, you know, doctrinaire uh, missives. And you know, there's other people that have made that same case, and, and they're doing it on a much more low-key, uh, behind-the-scenes basis. And, and Sid, is, Sid made that point yesterday extensively about, uh, you know, the pressures of uh, younger uh, jockey club trustees that uh, stewards that uh, would like to see uh, a fresh uh, I don't want to say new but a fresh uh, direction and, and uh, some reins you know passed over uh, so we'll we'll see where that goes well these are interesting times. <laughs> uh it's I, we we've we've made it up to post time at uh for the nightcap at uh happy valley any uh any thoughts we might as well take this race because we're here i i made a 10 dollar exact the box 9 11 12 all right 9 11 12 Let's see if i can be part of the blanket finish and there's no way i could key anyone, you know, in terms of when bad and then exact is underneath, stuff like that. So I just played the, the low-weighted horse. I, I call them page, page two horses because when you print out the form guide, uh, the, the, the one through eight horses are the highest weighted and the nine through 12 are less weighted. So 
you got to turn the page to get to these horses. So, like you rarely see Zach Burton win a race from page two, but in this case, he's he's in with 121 pounds and uh, he's on the nine. So, and then and, and it, it, these races are very difficult to figure out speed and pace. I mean, they do they do give that speed pro thing, which is which is good, but it's just uh, the break happens and man, it's 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 go. <laughs> oh, that's, that's that makes it tough. And some of the races, I I want a fast pace. I don't want a slow pace. I want them stretched out. And uh, you know, I just I enjoy the heck out of it. So. Now, 9, 11, 12, we're looking at 7 to 1, 6 to 1, 4 to 1. I'll tell you, the horse that took money here is the one. Uh, Hammerin got uh, got hammered. That is down to 3 to 1. It was just 5 to 2. Now just ticked up to 3 to 1. Oh, he was he was 9.8 when I got up early this morning, and then he was 10, 10 to 1, uh, like at 8 o'clock this morning. So I wrote down all the odds to see where the money was moving. He was not one of them. Boy, that's some late money. Hmm. Loading up now, and uh, we'll take the we'll take the ninth. And I, I guess I got it. I just noticed the note uh, that I'll ask you about uh, after the race, uh, listener uh, Keith. Uh, is, is not not getting a double on his uh, on his ADW. So yeah, that's that's unfortunate. I don't. All right, so you can address that when we when we come back. Got a couple more to load here. Uh, uh, the uh, we're actually we're going nine panels here, so. Listen in, and we're off. Often racing from the top of the straight. Wasn't a bad line away. Hammer on, Flamingo Trillion going forward, and Majestic Victory out wider. He's going up to join the fray. Not far away is Noble Pursuit, Lean Hero on the rail, and Escape Route came next. Followed and turned by Romantic Lau, and next is Accolade Start. He's midfield, one off from Pro minister at the winning post then came all beauty followed by nicholson returns and turin mascot last around the turn out of the straight and majestic victory for angus chung who's had success here tonight presses forward takes the lead might have just touched flamingo trillion at that point as well 1200 meters left to go an elite section 1389 and then 2297 so a little outside standard and flamingo trillion now moves to the outside of majestic victory Hamron one and a half away with Lean Hero and a similar margin back to Noble Pursuit around Escape Route. Two links Romantic Lauer, length Prime Minister, one to Accolade start. All Beauty back over on the inside, followed by Nicholson Returns, who's peeling wider. And the last one is Turin Mascot, midway down the back. They've got 700 metres left to go in the last here at the Valley. And the leader is Majestic Victory over Flamingo Trillion. Lean Hero right there stalking them. And now three up is Noble Pursuit. Hamron poking between runners. Nicholson returns as three and four wide down the side, but still improving. And then came Romantic Now Escape Route. They jam up back a late start. Prime Minister well back as Turin Mascot. And All Beauty is the widest runner around the home turn. Flamingo Trillion has got two. Majestic Victory. Noble Pursuit is there to challenge 
Virginia has chimed in very quickly. He sits down to fight it out with Flamingo Trillion. Who's running on? There's a whole wall of them. Turin mascot, escape route, but it is noble pursuit. Noble pursuit for Bedell will take the last from photo second. Turin mascot had one last lunge at Flamingo Trillion to make it interesting. And then we've got to photos romantic. Well, it, it, uh, he, made it, he made it interesting. He beat me for second. I, I'm not sure about it, Dick. Here's the here it is. Uh, uh, let's see. Here's the replay coming slow. Yeah. No. Nah, uh, yeah, I think I think you're gonna get those. There. An inch. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, the 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 fate. You know, it's funny. The for for all the for the size of these pools uh, that we you know that we talk about, and Noble Pursuit's gonna win this uh, clear. It, there was late, real late money that moved this board during the running of the race. So for those that, you know, for those that are, that, that oh, it doesn't happen uh, anywhere else. Uh, it happened here because both Flamingo Trillion and Noble Pursuit got down to seven to two, Dick. Wow. They, I mean, they both they were four to one and, and, and six to one yeah. uh, going into the gate, and they both ended up at seven to two. 12 actually that was the three that was not i thought it was the one but it's not it it was touring it was touring mascot the three yeah caris team yeah post 11 yep uh 12 12 3 11 5 well no cigar um the the issue with the the daily double in various pools <clears throat> not a, not every ADW picks up the pools that are available. You see it with the pick three, uh, you see it with the double. They the the forecast. Some of them don't take the exacta, and I know there's a little bit different pricing from the club to the ADWs, but I don't I don't know why they wouldn't take it. But, but so it depends on your ADW, but it is available. So if you search, you can find it. Well, and it—it's uh, it, it, not exactly the era. We've—we've uh, we've certainly improved overall from the era where you know you—you you needed, you absolutely had to have three accounts uh, <laughs> to make sure that you had everything covered. Uh, probably, you know, probably doesn't hurt if if you have a a secondary uh, ADW that. You know that you can utilize for yeah for something that your your number one platform might not offer. So, wow, there's the photo. Oh my God, <laughs> that is a, there's a there's a piece of paper uh, on that between that line. How about that? Yep. Uh, well, tough one. All right, Nick, but but uh, good ideas and uh, the principles apply. Yes. Right. And I'm um, um, I'm sorry I didn't pick up on the the I, I didn't realize Jenny was on with luck and so when I looked for it I I, I just looked in your broadcast archives so I didn't I got you <clears throat> no I problem. heard I heard you talk about it I think yesterday right but I didn't hear the whole conversation so not a problem you'll catch up and uh, if you got thoughts feel free to share I will yes I've been kind of known to do that yeah. 
Dick Powell, uh, Hong Kong Jockey Club action. Dick, I appreciate it. It was fun. All right, Steve. Be good. Thank you. Talk to you next week. Dick Powell, everybody. Uh, Case, I, I... And got to catch up with Tony. We haven't uh, we haven't had really had a chance to talk to Tony, and uh, so I want to do that. Uh, Joe Clancy uh, is going to join us as well. All right, so uh, we'll head uh, head to a break, and as uh, as we do that, let me uh, let me give you that uh, group for Sunday for the Sunland Derby. Uh, there's also, of course. Laurel with uh, the General George, the Sprint Festival, General George, and uh, the DeFrancis. The Sunland Derby from the rail. (laughs) Uh, No trouble. Here's Joel Marr with a uh, recent maiden winner that's going to stretch out mile on the 16th. Uh, Ken Tohill, 10 to 1, and uh, a a world of trouble gelding out of a touch gold mare. So I guess they're going to count on uh, going to count on that stamina coming from uh, the female family surrounded by angels, Bart Hone. This is a smiling tiger colt out of a Dunkirk mare. We love that. We love Dunkirk. Third in the Riley Allison. We'll get to those uh, players. And uh, how about Curlin's Chaos? Antonio Garcia, another recent maiden winner. There's a Calbred coming in from Santa Anita. Broke the maiden on the grass. Lucky uh, Jeremy for Bill Morey. I've been talking to a little bit this morning uh, about uh, that Shefflin that uh, caught our eye. Lucky Jeremy, 4 to 1. the Allison winner. How about Stronghold? Phil D'Amato coming out of the Bob Hope and the Los Alfuturity. And Antonio Fresu is going to come along, spend the day at, at Sunland. Stronghold by Go Sapper out of the Jimmy Creed mare. This is uh, the homebred of Eric and Sharon Waller. Five to two. Favorite. A lot of luck. Ty Garrett. Broke the maiden at first asking and was a was a very solid second stretching out. This is a Sir Prance a lot. Uh, Calbred, Calbreds, they're all over the place. Uh, six to one. How about Doringo? Uh, this is uh, a Union Rags gelding that was beaten uh, quite a bit in the Riley Allison. Will be uh, probably the longest shot. And then Inform Patriot for the Robesons. Uh, coming out of the Smarty Jones uh, at Oakland was a good third in there. And uh, Aspison has Joel Rosario to ride. Uh, so the grade three Sunland Derby, uh, 400,000. The Oaks as well on the card. Uh, the Oaks drew a field of six where Aspison uh, and Todd Fincher will vie for favoritism. Candy Isle, a gunrunner filly uh, that won the borderplex. Simply enchanting, too. Phil D'Amato, uh, maiden winner, first asking. At Santa Anita, 7-2, to two, and uh, Recharge, the Winchell homebred. That's two for two. Broke the maiden at Remington, and uh, that was, in fact, on uh, springboard night. And then 
cleared the allowance uh, condition, non-winners of two allowance, at Sam Houston, going a mile and 70. Recharge. Those are your three principles. Uh, Terry Rust has got a Philly raspberry wine, Calbred, and how about a Connect Philly for Nancy Summers, first out winner at Sunland, and the sixth horse, Floating Beauty, Lonnie Briley, another first out winner. Uh, that one at Delta Downs. A cloud computing out of a no-biz like showbiz bear. How great is that? We love no-biz. Uh, oh, my gosh. Uh, this is, uh, oh, my God. Uh, the Broadway producer. Oh, starts with a V. Oh, my God. With uh, with Barkley. Mrs. Volando, right? Right? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> no-biz like showbiz. Uh Let's take the break. Top of the hour, a little past, and uh, we got Tony Black, we got uh, Joe Clancy, we've got uh, Rich Ang later, we've got uh, Win Using Thurograph, two terrific races, obviously, the Fairgrounds and the Risen Star. So we'll work on those two uh, with Jeff Franklin later. I, I, when it comes to. Uh, Take it a couple of seconds with the music uh, to move off, and we'll use uh, that as the opportunity to mention the General George. Field of seven. Callie will join us tomorrow. General George seven and uh, the Barbara Fritchie. What did I say? I said something. I said the DeFrancis, not the, the, the Barbara Fritchie. And the Barbara Fritchie is uh, going to be fun. Got a nice, uh, got a nice field of nine in here, and they'll also run the uh, the John Campbell and the Nellie Morse. So nice four uh, stake slate at Laurel. Back after this, we'll reach for Tony. Hour two at the races. Stay with us. has the best breeders program in the entire United States. Angel of Empire wins the Arkansas Derby and wins it clear. Caravelle in the Breeders' Cup Turf Sprint. Pennsylvania and the PHPA have the best state-bred program in the country, bar none. The best Breeders' Awards and Stallion Awards in the country. We're racing two-year-olds in California and Kentucky. Please consider Bleeder Shield. The leading all-natural paste used to greatly reduce or eliminate EIPH. The list of trainers who trust Bleeder Shield is endless. Shouldn't you join the team? To learn more, contact Joseph Volante at 215-501-6880. specifically for horse racing. Naira Bets. We specialize in thundering hooks, fist pumping, and boosting your bankroll with robust weekly promotions and offer betting tips from actual horse racing experts. Bet all day and night nationwide. Get the action in world horse racing with Naira Bets. $200 deposit match with promo Steve200. Visit NairaBets.com for details. 
Pond's family's Country Life and Maryland Farms are the place for breeding and racing in the Mid-Atlantic. Country Life is nationally recognized for making stallions and curly stands, the Mid-Atlantic's leading first and second crop sires, Divining Rod by Tappan and Mosler by Warfront, as well as Friesian Fire. Maryland's 5-8 mile training track completes the full-service facilities from the folding barn to the racetrack. Join the excitement of racing with Country Life Farm, where our partnerships can take you from beginning to winning. Want to know a secret? The Massachusetts Breeding Program pays huge bonuses for finishing first, second, or third at any racetrack in the country. You didn't know that, did you? Bass Brads get paid up to an additional 25% of their purse earnings for the owner and breeder and stallion owner and developer. It's the best kept secret in racing till now. Tell all your friends and to learn more, visit MassBreds.com. Whether you're new to the racing game or just looking to enhance your operation, Hermitage Farm and Goshen can help you. We are conveniently located between Churchill Downs and Keeneland Racecourse and near world-renowned equine hospitals. With spacious paddocks, expert staff, and qualified veterinarians, we offer full-service boarding, breeding, and sales preparation, as well as post-operative care and layup services. Visit us in person or online at hermitagefarm.com. 